Hello and welcome to the first episode of Tea Time Tech. My name is Gabe. And I'm Noah. I'm drinking uh, mint green tea. And I got uh, some Newman's Best Coffee. Wow. Okay, so the entire point of this podcast for us is that we didn't see anybody really making a news, like a tech news podcast, so we thought that we would make our own. And this is it. Um, we'll kind of like start out the episode with Tea Time Tech and we'll have our uh, what we're drinking because Tea Time and then we'll move on to the news. So it's just a basic format. Hopefully that's a good place to start. Uh, so the first one, uh, we have a Radeon 380X that was leaked. Um, it's supposedly going to come in quarter two of uh, yeah, Q- 2015. Yeah, Q2 2015. So it's it's going to be released pretty soon here, actually. And uh, if you if you Google the 280 or the 380X or 385X, whichever one it is, I think they're actually coming out with both models pretty soon here. But um. The FCC or WFCC Tech said that it was gonna have four thousand cores with four gigs of HBM memory, which is like the exact same specs of the Fury X model, which was just crazy. So I don't know whoever wrote that article's drunk. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say they're drunk. I'd just say there's a bit of an issue with it, where it's like, how would that happen? I yeah, don't think like it's why very would, likely at all? Why would like AMD release like a mid-range price card? With all their new stuff, four thousand cards, HBM for four thousand and ninety-six bit memory bus. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not likely at all. Uh, you're probably gonna get something that's a little bit closer to mid range. Maybe they have HBM because they've been talking about a while trying to get the HBM in, and actually they're pretty high up on the technology when it came to it. Yeah, so... I don't. I don't know if they're gonna really release HBM in it. Uh, that might be a bit of a jump. I think they're gonna keep HBM in their. Uh, in their like extreme cards or whatever you want to call them like their flagship cards until nvidia releases hbm for their cards and then they'll probably start working it into more of their lower end cards that's my hypothesis well i mean I, i'd say those that there's a good chance of it at least coming <clears throat> coming out with hbm because they kind of want to say hey we have this they want to kind of one up uh nvidia yeah and right now yeah. they're really behind I mean, technology-wise, hardware-wise, we all know that it's really powerful. But the problem is that their drivers have been really, really bad. Yeah, they've so, been lacking. But they did also say that they were going to come out with new drivers, hopefully coming out with more. I know they but, came out with, like, a new program that you can update your drivers with. Because before, you couldn't auto-update drivers. There was no, like, NVIDIA. Yeah, now they have their new Catalyst program. Yeah, they have their... I think it's, like, Crystal or something. I don't know. It has some weird name. or Ruby or something like that. But, um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AMD's really got to work themselves up. The only thing that they have going for them right now, in my opinion, the only reason people, like, really appreciate NVIDIA or AMD over NVIDIA right now is because of the Fury Nano. It's, like, such a small card with such great performance. Like, NVIDIA can't touch that right now until they come out with HBM. But I, I mean, think... I think AMD's like main selling point upcoming is going to be their smaller graphics cards. I think that's going to be where they excel. Well, you're also going to see like, I mean, with, I mean, you see Linus Tech Tips. I mean, they have their scrapyard wars thing where you see that coming out every once in a while. Yeah. But whenever they do like their cheap builds, it's always with an AMD card. Yeah. I and mean, so, I mean, if you're looking for a low price range card, an AMD card is definitely a good way to go. The only problem is you have to deal with the heat, deal with the uh, driver issues. I mean, I've got a friend who bought a, uh, what was it? One of those really expensive laptops or whatever, but it had a really nice graphics card in it but it was AMD. 
and he kept on running into these driver issues, and so it kind of just dropped the value of the car, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And Spitz... I don't know. AMD's gonna have some work to do. Their stocks are already yeah. tanking. Well, I think the, at the very least, if we're gonna look at AMD, we can say that when their Zen architecture comes out, which is hopefully in the next year, which is something they've been talking about, yeah. that it's good. I they, mean, yeah, they've been flaunting it a lot. So they've been flaunting it with nothing to show, which is a bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it has the uh, the amount of stated cores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get later. into that later. <laughs> um, so. There's also DDR4 Sodium 64 gigabit. Gigabit. Uh, gigabyte. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So we got we got um, a kit of laptop RAM that's running at 2,800 megahertz. That's uh that's Sodium or yeah Sodium, and uh, 64 gig kits for laptops. That's absolutely crazy. But uh, I don't My know. Question is why do you need 64 gigs in a laptop? I'm I'm assuming they're gonna be for like rendering laptops with uh, some form of Tesla or. Uh, What's the name? Quadro Why are you running card a rendering laptop, though? I mean, I feel like you're going in the wrong direction at that point. A lot of people actually do, like, on the site, like, uh, or on the job, um, Autodesk and 3ds Max work. I know I know a couple people but myself I don't that actually that carry around laptops to do that. But I don't think that that's necessary for 64 gigabit setups. Give up, gigabyte. <laughs> Again, it's going to be, like... In my opinion, especially with DDR4 and the amount that you can have, it's just gonna be like, look at me, I have a lot of RAM kind of thing. People that yeah. people that really want it are gonna get it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so it's like then... it's like there's no need for it, and there's I mean there's no need for a quad SLI setup either, but people want it just to say they have it. True, but I think that if you're doing it in a laptop, it's honestly the right direction. Yeah, but you never know. There might be a. <laughs> programs that come out that are RAM hungry in the next couple years. Yeah, I mean, bigger programs are something that's going to be very noticeable in the future, uh -huh. and we're not really going to be getting the smaller is better sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not necessarily. Uh, what's that thing called where it's like it'll you get the smaller and smaller and smaller until you hit that point. Moore's law. Yeah. Yeah, Moore's law. I don't think it's going to come into effect anytime soon, but I still think that it's going to be doing the slowing down part of it pretty soon. So I think that moving into larger, so like over the four sticks, you see 64 gigs. I think that that's good because it shows that we're able to work with the larger formats, but I think that besides that, it's not yeah. necessary. And and a lot of laptops right now, they don't even have quad channel. They can't take four sticks of RAM. They're just not built for that. They're meant to just have two. Even some, mm. some laptops are just single channel. They have one stick of RAM in them, which is absolutely crazy. But a lot of laptops can't even like afford the size to have four sticks. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe we'll see quad channel DDR4 come to like that Asus laptop that you plug into water cooling. Oh yeah, isn't that thing like ten pounds or something? Yeah, it's crazy. It's super heavy. But uh, then also Nvidia, they came out with a new card, which is the Nvidia NVS 810 graphics board, not even card, uh, yeah. for multi-display digital signage in 4K resolution. So the point of this is you'll see stuff like uh, the large, uh, large displays at like a, a sports event. So say you're going to actually here's a really good one. You go to Churchill Downs, which is a I think a derby event, uh, like so horse racing. Uh, they have a 4K monitor, and then there's also a full court projection that at Montreal's Bell Center they've done before. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it'd be useful for stuff like that. Uh, I think that's kind of interesting because I, I don't understand the 4K when you're getting to that big. I don't think anyone cares if it's detailed because you're gonna be that far away where you won't be able to tell. So I think I think um, realistically, the 4K aspect of it is it's gonna be when we get to really really big screens where low DPI is just gonna look like you're looking at pixels on a screen. I mean, I can kind of tell that from like a distance, like or not like a distance, but like on some screens today at big events like that, you can just see each pixel. It gets kind of annoying after a while. So, mm. and then one thing that I can actually see these like really going to is just like even like casinos. Casinos are going to buy these because I know casinos have a lot of big screens. And yeah, like when you see the ones where they do it on walls or whatever, and they're yeah. trying to do like pictures and collages. Yeah. Even, but even though it can output in 4K, I really don't think they're going to use a lot of it in 4K. I mean, it has eight um, mini display ports on it, so that's going to be a lot of monitors they can plug in and even daisy chain up to. So it's your, I think you're going to be seeing a lot of low resolution, but a lot of like low resolution displays, you know? Like a wall of mm -hmm. monitors for say, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, it's really, it's not really that important, but it is interesting. And it has, it has a uh, low core count, it's like a 200 core count. I, then I guess it's just one of those things where it's like small but powerful. That's something that Intel's been going for for a while, where it's not as many cores, but it's powerful. And then you yeah. kind of AMD, where it's like shove as much at it as possible. Well, I mean, um, in the long run, I think the shove as much as possible into it's going to be better. But time will tell. Yeah. Uh, next up is YouTube Red. So you can pay a certain amount of money for a subscription to YouTube. Um, this subscription will get you ad free. It will get you, um, so it's nine ninety month, nine ninety nine a month. It'll get you ad free videos, save offline, and background play. And I'm actually, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I think that it's not the right direction. I think that it should be like five dollars a month, and you get ad free. Do yeah. something like Twitch, because I can. Okay, so I used to have a Windows phone. Yes, you may roast me on a steak for that one but i used to have a windows phone and there was this app called metro tube which i think was the best youtube app ever and i had ad free i could save them offline and i could do background play i didn't have to pay a cent for it i yeah, think that is probably yeah. the best way to go about it and i'm and i'm wondering also to that extent why is youtube doing this when Go when it's owned by google and then google has this view where we want to make everything competitive if you want to make it competitive make it so that you release the api out make it so that there's a way for people to make this on their own and just sell the ad free do what twitch does sell a subscription service you get a little bit of an icon you can comments do the dumb little things but leave the overall service being competitive yeah because yeah. i might even go to vimeo at that point <laughs> i mean it's... i mean just give me good youtube video like just give me good videos and i'll go to vimeo Unfortunately, a lot of uh, a lot of companies are losing a lot of money as as uh, ad block gets bigger and bigger. I know for a fact that like I've watched some like YouTube videos and whatnot where people are like, "Can you please stop using ad block?" Like, like my my website is not making any revenue, and that's my living, that kind of thing. Which, when it comes to a corporation, it's not that big of a deal. But still, I mean, if YouTube's losing money, and YouTube doesn't want to lose money, that kind of thing. So. I, I don't think that YouTube Red is set at a decent price point. I think $9.99 is a little much for, I think it was like, what, a month of ad block? Yeah, and what I'm saying though is that just make it so all you're doing is selling the ad block. 
Yeah. Leave the save offline in the background play. Leave that as a regular thing. One thing that annoys me to no end is now that I have my new Android phone, actually I have the Nexus 5X or whatever, uh, with Google Fi. It's actually pretty cool. But uh, I can't do background play and I can't save offline. And I was so used to it. I would like play Monster Cat playlists and I would just have that going on my phone in the background as I was like doing something around the house. And I find it annoying that I can't do that anymore. And I switched to Android, which is supposed to be this great, open, uh, glorious app store with everything you could ever ask for. And I'm not getting that. And I'm kind of annoyed with that. Yeah, you know, I, um, I think I think the only thing that YouTube is encouraging with YouTube Red is they're showing people that these features exist. And they're going to encourage people to go download them from somewhere else because they don't want to pay $10 a month. I think... I th why don't they just redirect to that point? I don't know. I mean... And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm interested also that there isn't this huge outrage. When you see a lot of people when it comes to paying for stuff, you get a lot of people that go like, oh my god, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. But this is one of those things where it just kind of slipped in, but everyone's like, I already have Adblock. Yeah. But they're not paying attention to the other features. And, I mean, I know you use Adblock, I use Adblock all the time, but I, you also I, pay for Twitch subscriptions. Yeah, I pay for multiple Twitch subscriptions just because I like to support people. And on YouTube, realistically, there isn't, any other way to support the people you watch unless they have some patreon or closed store set up other than watching their ads which is kind of i think youtube would make more money if they made a thing um like twitch where you could subscribe and half the money goes to the broadcaster and half the money goes towards youtube i think they could have i think their profit margins would go up a lot instead of you just bringing in youtube red and then the price point at that point, uh, $9.99. Why is it $9.99 when you can go to, say, I think Spotify is $5.99 a month or something like that? Yeah. For music? It, it's, I think that when there's other subscription services where they reduce, where they remove ads, but then they reduce the price of it comparatively to $9.99 a month, why, why does YouTube think that $9.99 is alright when already it's not viewed as an alright subscription point? Yeah, it's not even it's not even competitively priced to Netflix. It's like if I really want to pay that much money, I'll go get a Netflix subscription for I think like what seven dollars a month. Yeah, and then I mean if you want the DVD thing, I think it's like another eight bucks. But I don't think anybody really uses the DVD thing anymore. I think they're yeah. starting to phase that out. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think I YouTube. Think, I think YouTube took the wrong approach with this. I think it's a good idea that well, they. Well, let's want not view this as just YouTube. Let's view this as Google. Because I remember that Google owns YouTube, and I think that viewing YouTube as being its own thing, I don't agree with it anymore. Even though we can probably assume that YouTube is its, it acts uh, pretty uh, independently from Google. Yeah, but I think that we need to still view it as part of Google because Google has to okay everything. Yeah, I think at this point, Google just own. I think Google just wanted to own the name YouTube because of how big it was getting. And mainly, I mean, I brought this up the other day with you, was that I believe YouTube was using some other form of ad um, subscription or, or like ad service than you or Google AdSense. And that's why YouTube or Google bought YouTube was because YouTube is like the biggest profiting off ads company there is. And they weren't using Google AdSense. I think that's one of the main reasons why they bought um, YouTube in the first place was just for the ad revenue, which they're not really getting much anymore because of ad block. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking though is that overall we need to 
watch out for stuff like this. I think that stuff like this needs to stay away from really just how we consume. I, like, this is a huge, uh, cons- like, consumer issue to me. I think that Google, when they always say we need to be competitive, we need to make sure that everyone else is competitive, stick to it. Stick yeah. to your guns. Keep it going. And bring out the features. Please give me the nice features. I love all the features that Google comes out with. They come out with some really cool stuff every once in a while. I mean, yeah, we have a Google Plus every once in a while. But we also get, like new stuff like youtube gaming as you're saying has this great bit rate where oh yeah youtube gaming i mean compared to twitch is pretty great except for the fact there's no viewer base for youtube gaming i can stream at nine thousand kilobytes per second which doesn't seem like a lot but compared to three thousand five hundred on twitch it's pretty crazy difference in video quality yeah and then there's also this great uh back end for it where twitch always seems to have problems i think that like Google gets some really good stuff going on. I think that they just need to work on getting viewer base for the new stuff going on because they make these huge thresholds. Like Google Plus, nobody really wanted to sign up for it because nobody was on it. Yeah. So they tried adding it to the comment section for YouTube. That's the wrong way to go about it. I think they need to figure out their way of entering markets and giving out their new stuff. When they when they figure it out, I think it'll be a great thing because I think Google does so much so well. But I yeah. think that right now we're kind of seeing the teething phase where they're like, I don't I don't understand. I'm trying to figure it out, yada, yada, yada. So I think that once you make it past this phase where they finally figure out what's the sweet spot for when they release stuff, I think hopefully it'll be a little bit better. And I'm hoping that they see what I think is the better way to go about with uh, YouTube Red. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but what are you going to do? I, yeah, I don't. Right. I don't think it's gonna stick around. I think they're gonna realize that nobody's gonna buy into it. Mm. And okay, but then also one thing that I think is interesting: they have their one month free trial. So with their one month free trial, there was an issue with the uh, YouTubers going like, "Well, do I get money for this?" But they don't see my ads anymore. They got paid for it. But I think it was interesting that they have. They didn't bother telling the content creators that this was happening. Yeah, they never said anything to them. I well, think that it's a big issue. They did. They did send out like basically it happened to me too because I have a monetized YouTube channel. Is what they did was they sent out like a, a newsletter kind of thing, like a terms of service change, and they said that if you don't accept the new terms of service, they're gonna unmonetize all your previous videos. Which was, but I think that's the wrong way to go about. Oh, that, it that was the, telling them that was the completely wrong way to go about it because you had to buy into their new ad system. Or their well, new, I, don't, like, I don't think that that's the problem. I don't think that buying into the new thing is a problem. I think that the fact that you weren't really well, you weren't told about it very well. Well, it we were told about like it, saying, but we were forced to be in it. Because but it was a terms of service change. Telling you that it's like, oh, we're changing the way that we monetize. Telling us about the free trial. I think that's the issue that I see. They didn't say, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah, there's a free trial. Don't worry about the free trial. Worry yeah. about the fact that you may be getting more viewers that are going directly to your content. That's a good thing. But they're not explaining it themselves. If they don't explain themselves, what it, like what are the YouTubers supposed to expect out of it? Yeah, exactly. No. So I think that if... If Google is able to explain themselves a little bit better, if Google's able to better, I guess, just do their thing, then I think that it'll be better overall. But they need to, once again, get past the teething phase, just figure it out. Yeah, which, I mean, I this phase is going to be their figuring it out phase. 
as unfortunate as it may seem, they've released it and people aren't happy, so they're going to change it. Google always does. If somebody's not happy with their services, they always try to make it better, which I think yeah. is a good thing. Okay, so next up is the Amazon Prime video app. Requires a really odd workaround. So this is more like a personal thing. It's not really a news story, but I think it's something that's interesting to talk about really quickly. And I, since I switched to my new phone, I knew that we were using Amazon Prime. And I was like, okay, why don't I try to find the Amazon Prime video app? Uh, it's not on the market. It's not on the market. Yeah, it's not on the market. You have to go, you have to download the Amazon app. Then you have to download Amazon Underground. And then you have to install the Amazon video part of Amazon Underground. So I think that that's really weird. And I had no idea about this. How would I know about that? So I had to Google it. I had to Google it. And then I saw this huge forum list where it's like, this is an issue, this is an issue. And then somebody's like, oh yeah, you gotta do this, 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 and this. Well, why, why isn't it just on the Android app store? Yeah, seriously, like, how have they not made an APK yet just, <laughs> that just connects straight to their Amazon video API? Maybe they don't even have an API for it. What if that's the deal? Well, they have an app, that, but have it's to. just that you have, to, you have to go through this specific Amazon thing. But my question is, like, why can't they just put it on the Google Play Store? Google doesn't really care what you put on there. Yeah, if you have something to put on there, it can be hentai, they don't care. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, <laughs> they don't really check what they do. They yeah, if it gets reported a certain amount of times, look into it. But on its own, they'll leave it alone. So I think, I'm, I think it'll I'm come, kind of confused. I think it'll come to the store eventually. It's just in time. Eventually, there, there has to be. I mean. All, all that releasing an Amazon video app is going to do is create revenue for Amazon, and Amazon's all about revenue. So I highly doubt that they're withholding it from the App Store or the Google Play Store on purpose. I think there's probably some legal issue, that kind of thing. Maybe they're waiting Maybe. for like a patent to expire or something. I mean, it'll Maybe. come in time, but... Well, there's not even like an iPhone app for Amazon Prime that you're able to like stream from because I know someone that's having this issue where they're like, well, I can't, I can't stream the video that I want to onto my TV because I have Chromecast. And I think like now I'm the only person that I know of that can stream it from like their phone. Like I can stream it from my computer. Yeah, there's the extension or whatever for Google Chrome and then doing all of that. But I think it's not good that it requires this much. Yeah. I think that it should be way easier just to go like, okay, I want Amazon Prime. I downloaded it. All right, paid for Amazon Prime. I want to watch this video. Cool, download the app and you're good. Yeah. No, you have to do this weird workaround where I don't want your service anymore. I spend 20 minutes longer than I want to spend. Yeah, so I'm sure they'll come out with something for it. Yeah, and then even then when you're using the Amazon... Okay, first off, they require another app again for their music, which I why can't they just put it all in one? I just want one little icon. But there's an Amazon Music app, and I use it, and I download one of the playlists. Um, but one of the problems is all the music pops. It's like popping and popping and popping, and I'm wondering why. Yeah. It's like Amazon. Just get your get your shit together. I want I want a good system. I'm paying money for it. You have a lot of money. You have a, you are a very big company. I know you can do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> Pretty much. And I think they just get it together, please. Yeah. Um next up. So this is a big one especially to me. AMD was lying about the amount of cores they have in their processors. So yes, they technically have eight cores but 
they have this really weird thing where it's like two discrete cores are packed into what would usually be one, and then they call it a module. And yeah, then yeah. it's identified again as two separate cores, but like full-sized cores. So I think that that's really annoying. And there's actually a class action lawsuit going against them for misleading. And I actually want to join in on it because I have an AMD FX 8320 right now. Well, what I, I read up about it a lot, actually. And um, it's it's really weird. Um, the AMD, it is, it is an 8-core. It, it physically is an 8-core. The thing that is wrong with it is the way that core is defined. It's like the definition of a CPU core is not well defined, which is what these people are like, how they're going to be lawsuiting or how they're going to be suing them is um, AMD is physically eight cores, but it does not do certain instruction sets like an eight core. So it's like it's an eight core for certain tasks, basically, which is kind of unfortunate, but it's it's technically as an eight core when you use the AES construction, um, like the AES uh, instruction, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a or Intel processors run AES in two fifty six bit on their eight cores, but then AMD runs it in one twenty eight bit on their eight cores. So it's just it's that difference that people don't know how to define core, which is like what's going to be coming out of this lawsuit is how to define a CPU core. And so AMD is not really going to lose the lawsuit, but it's just going to be like one of those ones where it's like both sides kind of have to give up something, which well, is what, the class what, action lawsuit doesn't get any money, but AMD then has to classify cores better. Yeah, what, one unfortunate thing is that um, Intel has a very shady past. Intel's very anti-competitive and whatnot, and they've Intel's been in lawsuits many a times about like things being wrong with their processors. Not a lot of people know about it, but it does happen, and Intel doesn't really get in trouble they just pay usually a massive fine and that's but they about don't have it to care. but they don't care yeah it's it's pretty sad if amd gets hit hard from this that's um, like the end of amd yeah it's, then, it's literally gonna be like AMD's i think that they won't be, be allowed to go away though they'll be propped up by something due to legal no, they, issues the they will like i it's gonna get to a point where and i mean this is just all like my my theory but um we all know that our government steps in when things happen that's anti-competitive, especially with like recently, well not recently, but it's been in the working, uh, Time Warner and Comcast merging. If they were to do oh, that, God. there'd be no competition. It'd just be one company so they could raise prices as they will. And if AMD disappears, what's the competitor to Intel? There will be none unless a new one pops up, which I highly yeah, so doubt will be, happen. Yeah, as I was saying, it would be the government stepping in to try and prop them up. Yeah, but it's like it, only, it, you can only prop something up so much before it still wants to fall over. And, I mean, and, you have a rickety household; it still winds can knock it over. And what's a shame is like all these lawsuits and whatnot. It's just like AMD stock is like no longer existent. Yeah, it's, I mean, actually, what I suggest sad. doing is right now buy because wait until Zen Architecture comes out, and then it'll jump up just due to people caring. It, I mean, that could happen. That's what I thought would, would happen. That's what I thought would happen with the new 300 series of AMD uh, cards. It didn't happen at all. Like their their stock didn't budge. It was it was really wild. But um, I don't know. I think only good things can come out of this, really, because AMD is going to push harder for their Zen architecture. And okay. I mean, um, yeah, I, don't I think know. it's gonna have. I think it's gonna have its own issues, and I think that. You're going to just kind of wait for them to kind of come together and be like, 
well, we can't stay up anymore. We're on fire. What yeah. now? Yeah. And the government's going to be like, oh, well, well, we already gave you $3 billion. I don't know how you guys are still in the hole, but we well, can't help like, you anymore. AMD's not going to go out of business, even if they get hit with, like, a lot of fines, or even if they have to pay each customer back that owns a fucking bulldozer $20, like... That's a lot of CPUs, though. That, that is a lot of CPUs, but then a lot of people are still going to be buying CPUs from AMD, regardless. Like, people are diehard AMD fans, and yeah, AMD, I mean, AMD's not going to just disappear overnight. It's going to be a very long process if it does even disappear. Yeah, or there'll be another company that comes around and just does the thing. Because I know there's a lot of CPU manufacturers. Lo and behold, even though we all know about Intel and AMD, IBM makes CPUs, like well, Toshiba yeah, well, makes CPUs, IB... Samsung makes CPUs, it's crazy. Will they step up to the desktop market then? I know that IBM does make desktop parts, just but just for, or just for specifically their workstations that they make. Hmm. So, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt IBM will step up to the plate. But who knows? Yeah. So, next up is the Europe wants to copyright links, oh. which is okay. really weird. It's not like okay, so it's not literally copyright, but it's requiring permission to make a link on the internet. So the digital commissioner uh, Gunther Odinger of CDU EPP is joining with the European Parliament President Martin Scholz and in pressing the European Commission to create a copyright interest in links, uh, which would be making a link to a web page that contains infringing material would expose you to liability for copyright infringement yourself. So say you made a link to like a Pirate Bay thing, like you or something oh like that. God. That's a copyright violation. Uh, there was the plan, which was leaked to the European Commission, and then that would like affect that would change everything and possibly destroy the internet. So I can't link you to an image or a website. I can't link you to YouTube. I can't link you to anything because I don't own it. If I don't own it, I can't link you to it. I don't. That's that's like. It's pretty sad. I know it's not going to pass. It's just like the no encryption thing in Europe. It's not going to happen. It'll never happen. It can't happen. <laughs> I mean, it's like the second that they say like copyright on links, um, let's all like track all the ambassadors and whatnot's uh, traffic and see if they send a link and then just send them to jail because they're copyright infringing something. I mean, it's pretty stupid. It's not going to happen. It's going to go downhill if it does. And like, uh, I don't know. Europe, Europe's pulling some crazy I don't know where ideas. They get from, where they with, get them from is kind of crazy. Copyright and internet and yeah, it's just yeah. So I think it's interesting on, though. Um, <laughs> and actually, one thing: the German Pirate Party's uh, EMP or MEP Julia Rida, sorry, is calling on Europeans to take action now, uh, demanding that this plan be abandoned before it is officially announced in early December. Saying that the leaked text is not a law proposal, but just a summary of the Commission's plans for next year. The plan is supposed to go public on the 9th of December. Affecting change in the now known versions in is nigh impossibly until then. Impossible, probably impossible, but close enough. But sometimes controversial proposals are leaked to test them. If there is no protest, the plan can be unworriedly pursued. It is hence even more important to become active now. Tell the commission that pursuing the introduction of an ancillary 
Copyright law means barking up the wrong tree, no matter whether it is introduced as a privilege or a restriction to free linking is enacted. Do not allow the vested interests of the publisher's lobby to destroy free communication on the internet. Remind your representatives of them having rejected such approaches to introduce ancillary copyright laws with clear majorities in the past. And many representatives are worried about the competitiveness of European companies. Explain to them that the liability for linking bring uh, linking brings incalculable risks with it for the European IT industry and threatens to nip innovation in the bud. Encourage them to clear and once and for all stop breaking the internet. So there are people that hear about this and they're already stepping up saying don't do this, even though it actually hasn't been officially proposed or even announced at that point. So I think it's kind of good that people are standing up for it. Yeah, I mean, the second you try to limit something on the internet, people are going to step up. Uh, no, regardless what it is, if it's killing dead puppies, people are going to step up because they want to see puppies. I don't know. Like, it, nothing happens on the internet. You leave it the yeah, way it I is mean, you've or seen you get your head taken like off. That's 4chan in a nutshell. It hasn't been changed in years. Like, if you go yeah, to like a time lapse of their website, it's cancer the entire time, but the interface hasn't changed either. So... Yeah, and I, mean, I think the, broke, don't the only time it. we ever see it the otherwise is Facebook, and that's just because it's kind of hard to keep fads in, in interest. But that's for yeah. a different situation altogether, or conversation. Um, next, there is the Verge. Okay, so Comcast, they're assholes. We know that. Um, but they have this great uh, thing where they're talking about their 300 gigabit um, monthly data caps. Um, they're talking about how there's a new memo that was leaked. Uh, it was um, posted on Reddit and that Comcast admits that what many have long suspected, its data caps have nothing to do with network congestion. In a section on best practices when explaining why Comcast is explaining its data caps, representatives are told, emphasis added, do say fairness and providing a more flexible policy to our customers don't say the program is about congestion management. It is not. So um, I think that's really funny that while yeah. Comcast has been willing to say behind our backs, probably for a while now they're finally having it shown in the light which i think is really funny because it's not like we didn't know um yeah it's like all like every time there's been any form of a lawsuit or that kind of thing against comcast for for unfair bandwidth caps and limiting internet speed and that kind of thing they always say it's due to congestion and basically this leaked memo just says congestion yeah. we don't have any that's funny just tell people that it's for better service be and Korea? it's like just come on gigabit standard gigabyte I mean, and then there's a lot of companies in America that's happening right now where they're getting gigabit. I mean, there was one article that I read the other day where this one town is getting 10 gigabit. I mean, actually, no, it's in, um, I think it's in Michigan. What's the, what's the main city in uh, Michigan? There's a few. Like the really big one. <laughs> well, you know, I forget, but... <laughs> but they, yeah, I know what you're talking about um, where they work together to make up their own infrastructure. But they're they're giving they're they're giving um, gigabit fiber to the entire city. And it was city. like ten dollars a and month. And this is going to bring so much like um, infrastructure. Yeah. But I think it's interesting though, and that um, there's going to be new plans coming out where, depending on your region, customers can opt to pay an extra thirty to thirty-five dollars per month to unlock in unlimited internet access. 
Um, so it's not like a plan where it's in there automatically. No, you have to pay an extra $35 or whatever for your, even past your speed. That's just internet access. So, um, though, you yeah. don't, if you don't sign up for that, you will automatically be charged $10 in, uh, each month additionally per 50 gigabytes if they exceed their uh, limit. Caps start at 300 gigabytes for standard internet plans, while the max is at 600 for the company's, quote, extreme tier. <laughs> Detroit? And, uh, the city I was saying was so, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit's getting 10 gig everywhere. Like, that was their thing. They're, good. like, everywhere. And I was like, um, oh, boy. Yeah, rest in peace, whatever ISPs <laughs> over there. They're going to lose all um, their business. <laughs> besides that, though, uh, I think it's interesting that it kind of just puts Comcast into the light. And I'm really happy that there wasn't the merge going on at TWC a while ago. That would have been really bad. I think that would be kind of hard yeah. to explain what would really happen. I think that it would be... You ever read those things where it's like the uh, if what happens if uh, Nazi Germany won World War Two? It'd be kind of like one of those things where it's it's kind of hard to explain, but we all have a general idea of what it would look like. Um, yeah, I think yeah, though sure. one thing that's interesting though is that the timing on this is really interesting because 4K video streaming is becoming more and more popular right now. And with this finally coming to light, do you think that Comcast will get sued saying, well, this is regular data use now. Why are you limiting it to this? You know, it's people, people go around and like when they buy a mobile data plan, it's like 10 it's gigs. Not. Wow. That's like a lot. And then they think three, they think 300 gigs is like, oh my goodness that's so much space and it's like i can tell you on a daily basis i at least i burn through like oh, 20 yeah. to 30 gigs on my pc alone it's like right now on my data usage on my phone for my wi-fi in the past five days i've done 118 gigs of streaming on youtube and twitch and it's like that's just on my phone alone if i were to do that on my desktop I can't imagine what my data consumption is right now. It must be through the roof, especially with extremely fast internet. Uh, like it just encourages me to download ga like games, and over and over again. It's three hundred gigs is just so tiny, and then extra thirty dollars for unlimited or whatever you yeah, were saying. Yeah, actually, I'm trying to find outrageous. right now my data usage on my phone for how much I've used to, um this month. Data usage, I know. I'm just grabbing uh, it's it right under, now. It's under your data usage tab, and then it should just say uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah. I mean, but like, like, come on, Comcast. Six hundred gigs is even yeah, alone. It's um, just tiny. Wi-Fi. I've used six gigabytes in just the Google Play Store in the past what two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Um, I've done, and I don't yeah, even use my yeah. phone that much. I I really don't. I'm so used to I'm so used to having the Windows Phone where you can't really do much. But uh, Twitch four gigs, YouTube four gigs, podcasts one point four gigs, Netflix one gig. It's really easy to just start running up your data, and I think that you're gonna see where you're gonna have people that hit the limit. They hit the six hundred gigabyte limit, and they're like, "What do we do now?" Well, Comcast doesn't let us even pay any more money. We can't even pay more money if we wanted to, to pass that. Why? I'm and even to that extent, I'm kind of surprised yeah, that seriously. Comcast even has the limit at all, versus just saying, "Oh, just pay ten bucks, pay ten bucks." Pay ten bucks. I I feel like that would just be easier for them, but they don't. Like like what I want to know is is 
if these 300 like gig caps i want to know if they straight up tell their customers or if it's hidden in the terms of service somewhere and then on top of that too is if you go over the 300 gigs does it start like do you have to pay for each gig you go over or do you just it just internet service just stops until you upgrade to 600 or unlimited that's my question and that's where i think lawsuits are gonna are gonna start popping up if they don't like clearly define yeah, and then even how to that 300 extent, gigs other is gonna stuff work it's uh, kind of included with this where um, you know how they have their own uh, like streaming apps they have their Xfinity streaming app for Xbox actually um, where that doesn't count against your data caps but competing services like Netflix which is yeah. huge do and I think that's really interesting because that's a huge no-no in the uh, competitive scene like where you're legally so I'm kind of I'm kind of interested how it's gonna fare, especially if it starts to become a larger, uh, a larger issue. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Time will tell, though. So also, so this is something that we kind of found, and we found this kind of interesting. And this was uh, if you go to chromium.github.io/octane, uh, O C E T A N E, and then chromium. Just spell it, please. Um, the uh, the easiest way to find it is just type yeah. in uh, and Google it Chrome runs your benchmark. system through a set of tests. But one thing that we and it like tests HTML, uh, different types of data processing on, on whatever you're using, as long as you're using a, a Chrome browser. Yeah, it uh, it'll it'll test everything from like your code decompression to the speed of your memory, and then 3D yeah, and then one thing 2D that, that we kind of thing. did it on was we do it on our phones because you can easily download different forms of uh, of uh, Chrome onto different devices. We do it on an iPhone. We would do it on an Android phone, and we found it really interesting because the Android phone outstripped the iPhone, not even comparatively. It was really bad. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was pretty scary. When we ran it on an iPhone, like I can the first test is, is like core language features. I would get a, I would get a score of like about like six thousand to seven thousand, and an this iPhone, is the success, an iPhone actually. six, like brand new, top of the line. Yeah, so that's like the brand new iPhone. Was it the six S? Okay, and it, it got a score. It got a score of less than 300 on the first test. It would it would become so laggy that it would just lock the Chrome browser. Like you couldn't close it, you couldn't do anything to it, you couldn't even scroll. It was so yeah, sad. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting that where Apple's like, we have top of the line stuff. We're very good. We're very good about this. And uh, then you see stuff like this, and it's like, okay, sure. Thanks for trying to sell me a product. Yeah, and it's like, yes, thank you, Apple. But uh, it, it was good in some tests, but really terrible in others. I don't know how Chrome even runs on Apple at that point. And then also another thing I want to talk <laughs> about stick to is your Safari. Uh, with Apple talking about them having such good hardware, what's up with their... Uh, what's that called? Their when they say their screens have like a certain visual, like nice. It's Retina display. Retina display. Why? Why do they have to say Retina display? Yeah. Retina doesn't display isn't retina. a proprietary like thing. That's something that works for every single device. All it means is that if you're at a certain distance, 
you can't pick out a pixel. Yeah, and I can tell you as a fact, on an iPhone display, I can see pixels. It's the the DPI is so low on an iPhone, it's crazy. I think the iPhone 6S has a display resolution of 1366 by 762. And um it's it's so tiny, it's ridiculous. This is top of the line. This is where all of your stuff is. So I think that to that extent, yeah. Apple, please step your game up. Mm. What'd you do? Oh no, I just I just tested something, Gabriel. Um, my Chromium Octane benchmark oh, runs wow. faster um, on Edge than Actually, it does one my thing Chrome. that I like to point out though is that people don't people give Edge a lot of crap. It's good, except it has no extensions. I can't find an ad block. I think that yeah, if it's got no extensions. I can't customize but, it at um, all. Back <laughs> onto the iOS device. Yeah. Um, don't worry, we don't bash iOS that much. The reason why we're saying this though is because hardware-wise, it's not that great. But software-wise, I'd say that iPhone is great. Um, everything is set so specifically for their stuff that it works very, very well. Yeah, no, iOS is great for the operating system. The fact that mm, they can have their software and hardware their working pride. so well together, that's really right where in. they see their that's where you see the really good stuff out of them. Um Yeah. So the next one. Uh we do oh, well. also want to talk about <laughs> video games here. We are uh both actually video game we're avid video game players. But <laughs> yeah. Um I like so games. with Blizzard <laughs> with their Overwatch game, one thing that they never really said was Overwatch is free to play, but we all assumed because we saw Overwatch and then we looked at TF2 and said, those are alike. They could both easily have hats or whatever cosmetic item. Why Overwatch is going to be free to play. And then yeah. Blizzard announces at Blizzard, I think it was at BlizzCon that Overwatch is not going to be free to play. It'll be a full retail title. I mean, it was also leaked by GameStop, I think like a week before BlizzCon that you could pre-order it or whatever for a console. But PC was still thinking, oh, this will be free. It'll be like the orange box where you could buy uh, TF2, Portal 2, Half-Life, all that on uh, Xbox. But we PC always thought it'll still be free to play. But it isn't. And I think it's interesting to show that they're going for a different play model, that they're going for a competitive play model that you could say. Because everyone has the same exact thing, where they're going for like CSGO instead. Where CSGO started out as a full retail game, and then they just added skins afterwards, but it had a competitive level because everyone had the same stuff. But I think that there's an issue with this. I think the issue is yeah, $60. Yeah. I'm not going to spend $60 on a game like this. I'll spend 20 bucks, easy. You know, I, I think, yeah, they... If they were to take Overwatch and make it $20, I would buy a copy. Like, and we both love games, games, but it's just that sometimes <laughs> you have to figure out where to I mean, spend your money. Like, it's like, I mean, I think $60 titles, it's going to get phased out pretty soon here. People are starting to buy less and less games, and they're starting to head over to G2A. And it's like, realistically, a lot of games, they would sell so much more copies if they were to make it $20. Like, mm -hmm. I'd buy Black Ops 3 if it was $20. And I'm sure a lot of other people would too, and I'm pretty sure their sales would go up. But I don't know. Overwatch, I if it's sixty dollars, I'm gonna be fairly disappointed. But I know a lot of people are gonna it's buy it. It's a well made game. It's Blizzard a good game. I don't think they've really made it's a bad game, got, have they? I mean, can we yeah. really give an example of a bad game that they made? Yeah, it's like 
<laughs> I mean, you could say no, Diablo 3 when no. it first came out. It was buggy, but it wasn't I bad. Mean, to be honest, uh, if you were to show me, like, if I were to watch somebody play the Overwatch beta and they didn't tell me it was the beta, I would have assumed it was just the normal yeah, game. Yeah, it was like, very, what was wrong very well beta? made. Nothing. Um, it's like maybe, maybe, maybe something was a little more overpowered than yeah, they intended. So, but come on, that's in every um, video game. I think that when you're when you're when you're working with this, I think they just need to make it so that it's a little bit cheaper. I think that they need to make it so that it's not I think they need to make it so it's more competitive overall um, I think that it needs to be and what I mean by competitive is like priced competitively in the idea where you can see CSGO 20 bucks you can see TF2 free um, but like all these competitive games that are played at a higher level they're likely to be free Dota free League of Legends free Hearthstone free so I'm wondering are they going to step in that direction or are they just going to sit there and go like are they going to like what are they going to do yeah I don't know I mean again we'll find out in time I think only good things can happen so far but uh I don't know I, I just I, I wish it would be free to play but yeah, it looks like, it, a like their model is very free to play it's easy so that you can just make add those weapons I mean like once again TF2 does the thing where it's like uh, just balanced extremely balanced weapons don't get me wrong their weapons are extremely balanced but they add weapons in the game and they're like skinned weapons that they just added so yeah <sighs> Poor, poor Blizzard, and poor everybody else that really wanted. Well, I wouldn't say poor Blizzard. They're gonna make money. Nice like that, but oh, well, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna cash out. Cause I know, I know, they really sold the game to a lot of people when they released the beta, yeah. and all the big streamers and whatnot were playing um, it. I think that it's gonna be a well-made game. I think it's gonna be a very well-accepted game. I just think that it could do a little bit better, possibly, with a free-to-play model. I'd be willing to put in a few bucks, like, with skins and all that. I already do that with CSGO. I put in way more money than I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah with CSGO, I probably... I could have oh, bought, yeah, like, two I, or three like, I play a lot of League of Legends, and I I've probably put in over $1,000 at this point. It's just so easy. 10 bucks here. 10 yeah. bucks there. It just slowly adds up, and it's just... It gets... Yeah, and it just slowly gets worse and worse and worse, and you're like, okay, uh, yeah, I'm there. Um, I okay. So for the last topic that we have for today, it'd be the Nvidia Jetson TX1. So this is really interesting because it's an, oh, yeah. it's <laughs> kind of like an ARM yeah. processor in the idea where it's smaller, but it's supposed to be machine learning. I guess is what something that they bring up. It's supposed to be for industry machine learning styles. Um, I don't necessarily know how well that would work out because I think machine learning is still in its early stages. But I think that it's very, very like good for like it's efficient. It's extremely efficient, which is what you need for machine learning. Like power to cycles to uh, output it's way above anything else. Uh, there are some very good examples uh, with the with an Ars Technica. Um, uh, do, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, I'm brain farting really hard. Uh, 
Yeah, article. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, article? There's an Ars Technica <laughs> article where they even have an, an image that supports where they have the uh, Jetson TX1 against an Intel Core i7-6700K, which is a Skylake processor. And it's outstripping it in both images per second, uh, like, like uh, defining, I guess is the best way to put it. And then it's efficiency for images per watt. Images per second per watt. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, it yes, they're going to be selling it as the fact that it can beat a, a flagship processor from Intel on certain tasks, and that's not I the mean, point of it, though. The point of it is for like know. other it's styles just, of processing. It's it, not the like point. For regular day-to-day it's, processing, no. To and the. Uh, the use of this, I believe, is going to be facial recognition, object recognition, that kind of thing, which NVIDIA we know is really working hard on, especially with their like their car processors. I don't know if you've seen that, but where like cars can just auto-detect things on the yeah. road, like objects, obstacles, people, dogs, that kind of thing. And it, with the image, with the image um, processing above an i7, that's fine and dandy for the use that this chip's going to be used for, but if you really want to get down into math processing and that yeah. kind of thing, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to be great for those that can utilize it. It's got a lot of processing potential. It's it has specific. a built-in Realize that it's unit. very, like, very specific. And I think that for its specific like uses, it's going to be better than just about anything else. But for any other use, you're going to be like, I'll just buy something else it's yeah i mean i think they i think it's somewhere in the article i read that they stripped the processor out of uh an nvidia shield yeah. i think it's an upgraded nvidia shield processor that's what that's why it has the arm processor and then the increased uh gpu core count yeah. i think it's like a 256 cores right now i think that's it's that's its processor and uh I, I would like to see it. I think it's going to be going in cars. I think it's going to be going into smaller things like that. Maybe like home security systems for for personal well, recognition. I think that'll really strive. That like like home home automation. Like I think that I think yeah. that processor is going to be great for home automation. Like maybe if it's just rendering out like a security panel or rendering out that kind of thing, it's got a it's got a great processor on it for graphics, which will I think we'll see get utilized Sorry, very well. Some tea. Yeah, I, um, I, <laughs> I was like, what is that noise? That I like got it from Chinatown a few years ago, and I really like it. Um, my coffee's all cold. <laughs> I still have Taco Bell left over. I need to go make myself some the, more. The terrifying, terrifying Taco Bell. Oh, dude, we'll nice. a chance to get Taco Bell. We're not sponsored by them, but hey, if Taco Bell's listening and they want to sponsor us, we're not against that. Not at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was I um, hmm. one one last tidbit, which I think you might find interesting. Um, there was this article on Ars Technica. I don't have it pulled up right now, but I remember the majority of it. There's this farmer that lived about, I think it was like... Uh, a half a block away from a fiber optic line that went from city to city and he was asking the ISP since he had he was using satellite internet which is extremely slow he was asking the ISP if they could um, give him a throughput port to Mm -hmm. their fiber line so he can just have internet and they were going to charge him 
just shy of $400,000 to put in half a block of fiber and give him a port to his house. And he went and he contacted, like, the uh, the contractors that um, do that sort of thing for ISPs themselves, and they told him it was going to be about $6,000. And so it was the ISP wanted Well, you have to realize that also a lot of the infrastructure, like, just to have a like fiber line. There's a lot there. But I think that's definitely not four hundred thousand dollars worth of it. I think that I can understand like a ten thousand dollar like saying, "Hey, you gotta pay like ten grand. Yeah. So you have to do all this stuff. We have to lay down the line for you." Yeah, you have to. You 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 individually have to have your own port set up at their. So data ten grand makes with sense, but like four hundred thousand kind of dollars. Is that what you said? It was 400? for four? Yeah, for four hundred thousand dollars, they could probably like set up a new data center yeah. at his house. I, I, I mean, think that it's there just needs crazy. to be a certain uh, a, a certain like yeah. I think that yeah, ISP yeah. needs to calm um, down. So I think that's it for today, isn't it? Yeah, I mean I'm, Okay, so that's it for yeah, us that's for it the article. this week, but I would like to say you can email us questions that we will hopefully put into as time goes on at um, specifically, ask T time tech. So A S K T E A T I M E T E C H at gmail.com. And we'll be able to answer some of your questions if they're tech related, game related, or just overall life related. Uh, what type of tea do we like? Uh, why does Noah drink coffee and not tea, even though it's called tea time tech? You can ask any question like that. Um, <laughs> so thanks for listening and, uh, have a good week. Yeah, have a good week, guys.